Good morning and welcome to The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Aris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. The Weekender for Saturday, November 19th, 2022. Coming up this hour, we sat down with Mariner Center CEO Duram Hadib to chat about the one-year anniversary of Mariners on Main and the future of the Mariner Center expansion. A local singer-songwriter is tackling workplace bullying and sharing his own experiences through a new hip-hop single. We spoke to Ben Nickerson and are happy to present Better Way Forward. And Yarmouth and Area Chamber of Commerce Executive Director Rick Allwright joins us to talk about the upcoming holiday shopping season and events you can look forward to here in Yarmouth. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. Lots on the go in the world of the Yarmouth Mariners Center. Mariners on Main just celebrated their one-year anniversary, and the Mariners Center just got a major funding boost for the expansion. Here to discuss all of it is Mariners Center CEO, Duram Hadib. Thanks for joining us, Duram. That's a real pleasure, Jacob. Thanks. So let's start off. We'll talk about Mariners on Main. Uh, you guys just marked the one-year anniversary, so how does that feel? I, I, it feels incredible uh, to ask our staff. Uh, some people would say it feels like more than a year because we started, well, it feels like we started about six months prior to that. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on for the lead up to that. It was, and we did it during a pandemic. And I think we've got a lot to be proud of, both as a staff and organization and as a community. We're open. Uh, we're open seven days a week. We're open for public, drop-in, and membership, and the community's really responded, and we're really grateful for that. Yeah, let's talk more about, you know, what the feedback has been from the community. You know, we've seen a lot of people coming and going, so what have they been saying? Well, you know, even when we were open, we were still finishing things, so, um, you know, and, and but they still responded. Our membership has been really strong. We've exceeded our first-year plan for membership and drop-in, um, and... Even as as late of, as May, we finally got that our met our objectives for a revitalized fitness center. So, if you haven't been in lately, come in and see that fitness floor. It is the most modern, well-equipped fitness center south of Halifax, and maybe uh, one of the best in the province. We've got, as far as new strength, we've got new plate-loaded stations, cable, multi-jungle, functional trainer, Smith machines, new kettlebells. Uh, we've got new treadmills, new ellipticals, new upright, new recumbent bikes, uh, and new free weights, benches. If, if, if heavy lifting is your thing, we've got a new plate inventory, a uh, new power cage, and a deadlift platform. So um, for us, that, that was one of our main objectives in addition to addressing all the deferred maintenance and getting our showers and our pool operational, making uh, giving the community a reason for coming in and coming in often, that fitness center is, is going to stand out. Yeah, for sure. That's a lot of good stuff. Uh, and you mentioned the pool, and we definitely want to talk about that because that was, of course, the one of the big things going into opening this space was bringing back the pool, bringing back those aquatic services for this area and training lifeguards. So how has that been going, and how have, how have you guys been doing with bringing in new lifeguards? It is work. So hats <laughs> off to the team and our aquatics manager, uh, who leads this. So um, having the YMCA closed uh, for as long as it did, um, and, and it took me by surprise how much of a lift that would be to get trained lifeguards back in the pool. You need to recruit them. You need to train them over time. And then there's additional training for them to become uh, s- swim instructors. So yeah. 
You know, we, we were able to kick off swimming. Uh, we opened in October. We only really kicked off swimming lessons with instructors in December, and we've been going consistently since. So all six levels of our life uh, savings society swim lessons are are active. Uh, our next round starts November 21st, so we still have spots if people are looking uh, to get their family members or individuals into swimming lessons. That next round uh, for us starts on the 21st. It's also worth mentioning that in terms of a newer program, we've kicked off adult swimming lessons. Oh, that's good. This year. So uh, we, we didn't have it in the uh, fall of last year, but we've kicked it off this year. And again, a November 21st start is the next round for adult swimming lessons. We knew that what, there was a demand, but really I think we need to do as much as we can to get the word out there. Uh, we've got spots for those, uh, those people who want to get more comfortable and confident in the pool and our, uh, our adults out there who, um, who need it. No, absolutely. It's, it's, it's never too late to learn how to swim. And you need to know, if, you know, it's a life skill. And absolutely. it was one of the main reasons to get that, that the community wanted the space open. In addition to hosting our s- swim team, um, a pool is, is a, a core to a wellness program for community. There's, there's also AquaFit now. Um, that is weekly on Friday evenings, and we have a great turnout for that. Uh, so that's worth mentioning as well. We've introduced AquaFit as a group fitness program in the pool. Great. Yeah, it's really important to have, you know, all those programs, especially, you know, swimming lessons, because everything does lead into, you know, producing more lifeguards with that. Because I, I've actually was a lifeguard in high school. I worked at our local YMCA back in Sydney, where I'm, where I'm from. And it really is, you know, sort of that breeding ground is is those swimming lessons, the kids that really feel that, they go through that, they go into, you know, the bronze cross, medallion, those kinds of things. Eventually they become lifeguards, they become swim instructors, you know, so it's kind of like a, it's like a cycle almost, as far as that goes. You're right, I'm learning that. Um, and even as, as people who've left lifeguarding for a while, um, and now that we're open for a year and people have gotten used to the, a pool back in the community, uh, we get requests for recertification, so which is great because we need yeah. lifeguards. So uh, I think even this evening and uh, this weekend, we're doing recertification for a few folks. Great. Um, and it, anything we can do to build our bench of lifeguards means uh, more options for lessons and programming in our pool. For sure. And uh, tell us about some of the camps and mental health programs that you've been working on for Mariners on Maine. I know that you've been introducing some of that as the year has been going on as well. Wow, you're on it. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do my research. Yeah. So so uh, we, we've we've launched day camps at Mariners on Maine. So uh, and, and what we, we had a recent Halloween camp. Uh, we had summer day camps. Um, and for the, this school year, for any professional development day, we will be hosting day camps uh, for the community. So we really do want to get that message out there too. And our day camps include pool time. There not, you go. Not once in the pool during the day, twice in the pool during the day. So um, if you want your kids to be active during uh, those day camp opportunities, whether it be March break, or professional development days, or coming up again this summer, uh, we hope you think of Mariners on Maine. For sure. That's always good stuff to remember. Uh, so, you know, it's been one year and it sounds like things have been going pretty good at Mariners on Maine. Uh, what does the future look like for that space? Well, um, it was always built with the objective of a bridge to our future expansion. Right. Um, at the time, we were just aspirational 
uh, you know, this is our plan and we're pushing hard and leaning in on achieving the funding required for an expansion. Now we have that. So our plan hasn't changed. We've invested in that space for a five-year view. Uh, we'll continue to invest and sustain that space. And uh, it's in our best interest to make that space thrive because we want the community in there and more of the community in there, both for drop-in lessons and membership, because we're going to bring all of that with us to the expansion in, uh, you know, pre to be determined time, but we're saying five-ish years as, as things usually play out with a project of this size. Right, and now let's get into the expansion a little bit. So recently, the, re the expansion received almost $30 million in a joint investment from our local municipalities, the province, and the federal government. So how big is that for the work that you're planning to do up at the Mariner Center? It's huge. Um, we have a project. So uh, if the community is just hearing this for the first time, uh, on October 21st, uh, a formal announcement was made, all levels of government, so municipal for $10 million, uh, federal for almost $16 million, and provincial for $4 million. Um, and that was our goal. So if, if you run into your municipal councillors or if you see your MLA or your MP, pat them on the back, thank everybody for leaning in because there was a lot of work done, both from the steering committee and our different levels of government to deliver this. So when I asked, um, this is the largest infrastructure uh, project and announcement in the region's history. So it, it, it worth, it's worth recognizing as a community, this is going to be great. Absolutely. It was a big announcement. It's, it's great to see all these, all these groups working together. Um, is a timeline starting to sort of take shape now that you've got this money, you know, and you've got these plans? Is, is a timeline on, on when we can expect not just the center to open the expansion to be completed and open, but you know, work to get going. Are we looking at any timeline there? It's it's the first question I get asked. I think everybody <laughs> wants to see uh, shovels and backhoes and a crane on the Mariner Center grounds now, uh, but work hasn't stopped. Um, but there, there's a sequence of events. We have a concept right now for in terms of what we wanted to achieve. You know, that was fed by community input through the Mariner Center strategic planning survey and other uh, municipally-led uh, surveys. So we, we know what to prioritize for our program and our plan for the build, but we still need a design. So right. next step for us is to, uh, what they call RFP, to go out and uh, engage architects, engineers on a design phase for what we're going to build. That can take time. After that, uh, my understanding is, and I'm not an architect or an engineer, uh, there's steps to engage and tender the contractors in the region to build it, and that can take even longer. And similar projects that we've sort of uh, taken a good look at, we're in for five years or more uh, before we can cut a ribbon and uh, get everybody in the door. Hopefully it's sooner, it might be later, uh, but I can say that there's a lot of good people working hard to move this along as swiftly as possible. For sure. And uh, tell us a little bit more about what's going to be going into this expansion. You mentioned moving services from Mariners on Main up there, but give us kind of an overview of what it's going to look like once that expansion is complete. Sure thing. So the Mariners Center, as everyone understands it, you know, two ice pads, well-used space, event space, meeting space, all that capacity remains. So it is an expansion. It is an add-on to the Mariners Center as people know it. 
the concepts that we have on our website in our, in our foyer uh, in the on Mariners on Main, those are those are simply concepts. The final design will likely look very different. Right. Um, but the essence of it is the focus is on the priority of an aquatic center, a modern pool, and uh, those features include 25 meter pool, an upgrade from our 18 meter pool uh, to host our, our swim team, which has thrived since we've reopened, uh, a robust new fitness center, uh, which we've, as I said, we've invested in the equipment here, and then we will bring that with us uh, to the new space, new and expanded multi-purpose space uh, to host the community, whether it be group fitness, uh, meeting space, and and just creating more space for the community to gather. So those are key for the expansion. Right. And let's chat kind of about what the overall goal of this expansion is. It seems like it's kind of just to make the whole thing sort of a a hub for just activity in the area. Is that kind of what the goal is? Yeah. When we did our uh, outreach for setting the priorities for the Mariner Center, and we asked about what how people view it or would like to view it in the future, that hub was key, a community hub. They, for the people who use our space regularly, they, they already consider that uh, uh, their hub. They've grown up playing ice sports. But to become a multi-purpose space, a, multi, uh, a multiplex, if you will, it, it, a community hub includes bringing in more spaces to achieve more of those activities, aqua fit, group fitness, studio space, additional uh, community rooms, uh, so that people can drop their kids off on the ice, hit the treadmill, jump on the walking track, uh, maybe do some laps on in the pool, uh, and different members of the family can accomplish different things. Maybe just grabbing a coffee in the cafe and chilling out uh, as they watch their family members um, uh, do their do their weekend or evening activities. So, the hub the hub is key to what we're trying to achieve: a space that welcomes people of all ages and has activities for uh, all, all ages. Right, and I'm sure, you know, along with that is also the potential for even more events to go on up at the Mariner Center. You know, we've seen a lot of great stuff even this year. You know, Rib Fest was up there, of course, the exhibition. So I'm sure that must also be kind of a part of it is also expanding it so that more events of that kind of nature can can take place up there. Yeah, our interest is not to, be, uh, not to squeeze out our ability to host. In fact, we want to expand our capacity to host for sure. Uh, so functional, um, agile spaces that can be quickly programmed or repurposed for receptions, gatherings, meetings, and even larger events. We just held the Chamber of Commerce Awards Night. Yes, that absolutely. Was, that yeah. was, I think, almost 350 people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a national curling event starting December 4th through 10th at Mariner Center. We're going to be welcoming top seniors curling teams from across the country um we have we have you know what communities come to love the timber cup coming up in december mid-december where where all the high school teams compete with each other uh the minor hockey team and the minor hockey association is i think i know they're working on a big hockey tournament at the end of december december 26th through 31st so stay tuned for that and then we have returning uh the Eastern Canadian Fisheries Expo uh, from January 20th to the 21st. So we have a calendar of events. It's, it's, it's pretty full. The, the guys at the Mariner's Center will tell you it's full because they've been putting down and picking up that uh, <laughs> mobile floor that goes over the ice. In fact, they're putting it, they're picking it up right now 
for uh, the Mom Market Collective Craft Fair that uh, has a bunch of booths, and that's going to be on Arena One uh, this Saturday, November 19th, so uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, events are a thing. Events are core to what we do. We are a recreation and event space, and that won't change uh, with the expansion. It'll just uh, be enhanced. Absolutely. And do you have any final thoughts or anything else you want to share about what's going on either at Mariners on Main or for the expansion? I would if, if there's an opportunity. Um, if you haven't tried our space and you just you want to come and take a tour, just come up to the guest services desk and let us give you a tour. And if you like what you see, we have a promo uh, to get you started. Our three-month membership is 15% off uh, now, and uh, it's getting a lot of traction. New programs for us uh, coming up. This Saturday, November 19th, we're kicking off uh, a program that we'll continue to do called Teen Takeover. So Saturday evenings, uh, once a month, starting November 19th from 7 to 9 p.m., 12-year-olds to, uh, pardon me, 13 to 17, the facility's yours. So it's closed to the public. It's teens only. It's free. Um, and we're going to start that uh, this Saturday and learn a lot, I'm sure, the first weekend <laughs> and carry that through. We do have a mental and physical wellness workshop that's kicking off at Mariners on Main, and that kicks off uh, in November. So this is for people who are who might be needing just a little bit more support to get started um, with their fitness, maybe kick-started. It starts with a workshop followed by an introduction to different areas of fitness and the classes that we host. So it's four weeks of that. Um, And then, you know, last but certainly not least, have you been to a Junior A game lately? I've, I've, it seems like every time I've tried to get to a game, I'm either traveling or I've got something going on, but I, I'm like, I, I'm determined to get to a few of them this season. Well, I mean, I've been to some and it's an absolute, uh, fantastic fan experience now. Of oh, course, for there's sure. New, new owners, uh, they've re-energized, I think that team, they're winning and you're going to see 11 to 1200 spectators in there mid-season. Here, uh, October, November, I went to a couple games. So great uh, fun over the intermissions. We've got a new Rhinos towing Zamboni, which has a passenger seat. So you're going to see <laughs> uh, a youth honking and waving uh, as they ride the Zamboni with, you know, they've got their own steering wheel. And and then, and then I'd also throw in there, if, if you just want to go somewhere where there's a lot of fan energy, check out a high school hockey game too. So we've got some great high school hockey. They practice their hearts out. They play their hearts out. And uh, as, a, as a father who's got a kid in high school whose who, who sport is basketball, it's fun to go see high school sports. So we host them as well, and we invite the community to come out and cheer on, uh, cheer on their team. It's a lot of great stuff going on. Lastly, how are you feeling just about the future of the Mariner Center, the Yarmouth Mariner Center as a whole? I feel fantastic. Um, I think the community should feel really proud of, about this announcement and what this expansion means uh, for the next generation. And, um, you know, there will be a capital fundraising campaign uh, that will be kicking off in the new year because uh, $30 million is a lot, but, you know, we quoted that a year ago. The world has changed, so that capital fundraising campaign will be really important to us to make sure we're setting up those spaces that we build for success. So uh, feel great, Yarmouth. And, and community and uh, look forward to more. 
Well, Duram, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, for chatting about everything that's been going on, and for giving us a look at the future of the Mariner Center. Thank you so much, Jacob. That was Mariner Center CEO Duram Hadib here to chat about everything Yarmouth Mariner Center. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. I'm joined today by singer-songwriter Ben Nickerson, who advocates for persons bullied or harassed in the workplace and is here to discuss his newest single, Better Way Forward. The hip-hop single released on October 30th and the music video as of this time of recording, November 9th, 2022, has over 8,000 views on YouTube. Thanks so much for joining me, Ben. Thanks for having me. So, so first off, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm I'm a little late in the game for all this stuff for hip hop. I'm years old. I lived in the Shelburne area and uh, I've been a rapper for the last 20 years. But things are just really starting to kick off for me now. So that's what I'm sort of labeling myself as. Okay, and what led you to want to write this song? Well, I was in a I was in a toxic workplace for for 18 years and. Once I got out, um, I started realizing the toll that it had taken on my mental health, my relationships over the years, and just my health in, in, in total. So uh, I put a beat on one day and was thinking about it and just wrote it all in about five minutes, probably. That's cool. Uh, so tell us a little bit about A Better Way Forward and some of the messages behind it. Well, some of the messages, I, I don't name any names. That's one of the biggest things. Um especially the the company's name that I, that I work for so that's that's a big thing that I that I feel I want to uh, I want to keep sort of anonymity anonymity about it because of uh, you know it, it's, it's a large employer and I want other people to be able to speak out as well so the the message the better way forward is if you're if you're not treating if you're not being treated properly at work you need to talk to somebody and there are no unions in this particular company so it's going to have to, the change is going to have to come from within and it's going to have to be people standing up to the, to the bullies and, and to the people that are, that are creating this, this atmosphere for them. And what do you want people to understand about bullying in the workplace sort of in general? I think that they need to know, or I know they need to know that they, they shouldn't tolerate it. There's no reason if you're getting up in the morning, I was getting up in the morning and I was throwing up before I'd get in my car to go to work. I worked an hour away. And it was the whole drive there was just me thinking, oh, my God, like almost devising ways of, you know, I should just pull my car off the road. Then I won't have to go to work today sort of thing. You know, just uh, I, I just I want people to, to know that they can they can change it if they want to. And, and if enough people speak up, then, then change can come. Okay, and tell us about some of the forms that bullying takes in the workplace. You know, when we think bullying, we think of, you know, schoolyard, you know, kids, like, things yeah. like that. But in it must be different, you know, in the workplace. So tell us about some of the different forms that bullying takes on in the workplace. Well, from, from my experience, um, you know, it's plotting people against each other is a big thing at the place that I worked. Um, someone would go to someone... And say like, oh, you know, you better do this because someone says that you haven't been doing it. Just things like that. Like, it's it's a lot of mental abuse. It's it's you know when you think of bullying, like you said, you know, you think of the guy behind the other guy, and then the guy pushes him. But it's it's not. It doesn't have to be physical. It's it's mental abuse. It's telling people and trying to brainwash people into thinking that they're they're doing something for their community or they're doing something for 
you know, put, putting almost a guilt on people to, to make production quotas and things like that. That It takes more toll than what people think because people go home feeling like crap at the end of the day if they, you know, unforeseen circumstances, they didn't make their quota for the day. They're going home, they're feeling like crap, they're taking the day on their family. And the uh, another another thing that, uh, that, that really bothered me at the place that I worked at was their attendance program. Um, there was really no no gray area you were either there or you weren't like I was, I was a manager at this place and i was being forced to discipline people who were having severe issues at home um you know like people dying in their lives that may not might not fall into the circle of of uh bereavement leave per se like for, for the company you know but you know someone's best friend dies they take a day off to penalize for it how are you going to feel you know things like that it's 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 uh there's so many forms and so it's just so important that people need to realize that that abuse doesn't have to be physical it doesn't even have to be directly you know an insult thrown at you or or things like that it can it can take many forms right and and you mentioned you know how it it just kind of affects you know every aspect of your life you know if you're if you're dealing with that at work it sort of bleeds into your your personal life and i'm sure it affects your work at work as well. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you are made to believe that you're not doing a good job, are you going to do a good job? If you can, if like, if, if, of course there's people that, you know, come into an industrial environment and they're not cut out for it. And those, those people shouldn't stay in that, in that uh, line of work. However, there are good people that are coming to places every day and trying their hardest. And, you know, maybe they have ADHD or maybe, you know, there's something going on at home and they just can't concentrate for that one certain day and they're going to get punished for it. And they're going to, and, and it's good people that are doing the punishing too. It's coming from above. That's, that's what we need to realize as well, that, that your direct supervisor, a good chance, uh, there's a good chance that your direct supervisor is not the one that's, that's actually bullying you. It's coming from above. And so, so I guess this must be, you know, a subject you're, you're really passionate about then. I am. I really am. I like I said. I spent 18 years in a in a place, and I went the first five years that I was there. I really didn't care. Um, I was young. I had a young family, but I like I I was 23 years old when I started there. So I was like, oh, I can go work anywhere. But then you start to get dependent on that place. So that's that's another way that the bullying can affect you because it's like you know, well, what you know, I've been here for. 10 years, I'm 35 now, what am I possibly ever going to do with my life? And I feel like it's used against you. For sure, for sure. And we touched on it a bit, you know, but, you know, one thing you do discuss in the song is is how workplace bullying affects you outside the workplace. So tell us more about that. Well, I mean, personally, I would, like like I said before, I'd wake up in the morning and I would get sick. That was almost every single morning. I was drinking a lot. I've since, I've since quit. I'm six months over. I'm very happy about that. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but it, it's things like that. And it, and it, and it trickles down because, you know, if you develop a drinking problem that can take over your whole life very, very easily. Like it, it affects how you communicate with people and, and, uh, just, just the stress of, of, you know, you're shorter maybe with your kids at home than you would normally be or your wife or your partner. You know, it's, it's, it all trickles down and when you spend eight to 12 hours a day in a place that makes you unhappy, there's no way that you can shut that off in the, in the commute home. 
Absolutely. This is it's it's such it's such an important thing. You know, you need to have that because it's team. You need teamwork in the workplace as well. So if people are, you know, not feeling like they can work together, not have that sense of teamwork, it just affects everything. Exactly. So uh, you also made a music video uh, for the song. Uh, what was it like to put that together? That was amazing. Um, I have my my friend Reggie Gray is a, he's a transplant from Ontario, living in uh, living in uh, Jordan. Falls, I think it is Jordan. Anyway, somewhere somewhere out uh, past Jordan, and uh, he uh, he's a videographer from from Ontario, and he helped me. He shot the video, um, which was really a lot of fun. We made a we made a little mask, kind of making fun of where I used to work, and went to the skate park and got some kids to skate around wearing the mask. And it was it was fun. It was it was like interactive. The people I actually ran into a former employee of mine who was like, hell yeah, I'll wear that mask, and was skating around, doing tricks around me while I was rapping at the skate park. That's really cool. Um, and you, you you uploaded the the video to YouTube, and it's it's been doing pretty well. It's it's got a, It's got over 8,000 views uh, at the time we're recording this. Um, how did yeah. you feel when you first saw the numbers start to tick up? Well, when I woke up the first morning, and it was at, I think it was at 1,500 after the, the first night, I was just absolutely blown away because all I had done was share it off my own Facebook. Like I don't till till up until then. I mean, my my wife, uh, her father, well, she was my wife Sarah was on Trailer Park Boys, and her her father John was also on it. And we've used that reach to sort of to get it out there a little bit more. You know, use the use the medium to get the message out. Um, so I mean, I, I can't take credit for it just organically going viral or what what you consider viral, but uh, I. Uh, just, just the fact that people, I've, I've had over a hundred messages. I followed it up with a little video on my Facebook, just sort of showing anonymously some of the messages that I've received from people, and it's, it's really struck a nerve with a lot of folks, and that's that's what's made me the happiest about it. Why well, I, I did not know that. So, so you're married to Sarah Dunsworth from Trailer Park Boys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I did not, I did not know that. Well, that's that's ah. that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, yeah. A little random fact, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, definitely. Um, so, has anyone reached out to you uh, since you released the song? You know, what feedback have you been getting? The feedback from people, just the regular worker, is, is what I wanted and what I've gotten. No one, I don't think anyone that the message was for or directed at, I should say, um, like the you know the, the the higher ups at this certain place. I know it was I know it was a topic of conversation for sure, because I, I still talk to a lot of people on the inside, but uh, I talk like it's, like it's like a jail or something, but um, but no, the, just the response from people like, oh, I finally feel heard, I felt this way, like I get sick before I go to work too, I hate it, and, you know, it, it's really validated to me, especially personally, that I wasn't the only one feeling that way. No one talks about it while they're there, but I want them to, and if they do, then what I've done is all worth it. Whether I get sued, whether I don't know what's going to happen, but if 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 this this has already gone how I wanted it to go, I should say that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think you you had a good point when you mentioned you know kind of describing it like a jail because I can say you know in in my past experience I've also you know felt you know not supported in a workplace and it does feel sort of like you're trapped, like you're in jail. You know, you're you're walking on eggshells. You're you're not sure how you can act and and you're not sure if you're safe, you know, mentally, physically, anything. So I think that's a really good analogy. 
Well, and, and it is, and a lot of people, a lot of people do describe it that way, just as a joke, sort of, you know, going for another shift in at the old jail, you know, and walking in through the gate. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like that. Like when I, when I first started there, or when I first started working, really, I mean, it's my first job. When I first started, it was fun. Like there were older guys, everything, like just more relaxed. And now it's just sort of, I don't know if. I don't know if the policy, like if the if the management has just evolved so much that it's become almost robotic. You know, um, it's it's just black white, black white, black white, and no gray whatsoever. And that's I think that's what's uh, that's what the pro- the problem is in a lot of workplaces these days. So, do you plan on releasing any more music uh, about this topic, or are you maybe looking to focus on something else? Um, well, mental health is a big, big thing for me. Um, I've had a lot of friends and myself, I've, I don't shy away from telling people I've had a ton of mental health issues over my life. Um, it runs in my family and it's just, uh, we need to talk about mental health. Like we talk about a headache or we talk about some, you know, you, you call someone and you say, Oh, I got a cold. I can't come out today. And people are like, Oh, okay. But if you call someone and you said, Oh, I'm just really not feeling down. They'd probably say, Oh, just suck it up and come on out anyway. But it's, it's real. It's not just because you're not wearing it on your face. Doesn't mean it's not there. No, absolutely. And wrapping up here, uh, where can people follow you and find out more about your music? So everything I used to go by the name, I do still go by the rap name, just Ben. So J U S T B E N. And you can search pretty well. Any social is at just Ben hip hop. So J U S T B E N H I P H O P. And, uh, that's on TikTok, uh, Instagram and Facebook. You can find me there. I don't, uh, oh, and also on Spotify, every, every streaming platform, if you just put in Justin or Ben Nickerson, better way forward, you can find anything on there as well. All right. That's great. Well, Ben, I really want to thank you for joining us today, for sharing your experiences with workplace bullying and for discussing your song better way forward. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was singer-songwriter Ben Nickerson here to discuss his newest single, Better Way Forward. The Weekender now presents Better Way Forward by Ben Nickerson. myself chasing a dream that wasn't really even mine a cog in the machine living life as a number you forget your name please scan your barcode so we know you came go to lunch when suggested for the time that's a lot i didn't like what was offered i was hungry so i bought it gotta head back 30 minutes goes quick and you can bet the boss man is watching the clock tick this place is toxic yo i shouldn't have to go to see the physio so i can touch my toes can't slip both kids bend down to play and the rest of my life's gonna be that way so why put my head down strap on my tool well if you got a better idea homie you tell plus i go hunting for some food to hit a group well i'll be stepping on these metal tiles until my shoes smell I couldn't fit with the mold, guess I couldn't conform 
boss was a dick, said I was the norm When you hate it from the start, yeah it's hard to get ahead Is it worth all the fish for a little bit of bread? Keep going, don't you know it got promoted again Saw in three days, no training for Ben Here's more responsibility for no more money You can be the queen while the bees make the honey Oh yeah, and if they miss a day, it don't matter why Send them to the office, we can make them cry Beat them up for the locust down till they finally comply And if they question what you say, you just tell them a lie At the bottom of a beer can Drinking every night so I can numb away the feelings Forget about today so I can face the next Puking every morning cause I'm laced with stress Say yo, something's gotta give, this is unsustainable Gotta make a change and it really ain't debatable Left for lunch one day and never went back Took a few months off and then I gave him the sack 18 years, 18 years Literally spilling blood, sweat, and tears Come to work every day, make it cool to be dependable And if you hurt yourself, while well, I'm sober, you're expendable And oh yeah, if you ever get sick, you're a bitch Somebody's gotta cover your shit We gotta keep looking good like we're making some cash So we can keep getting money at the government's ass Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. I'm joined now by Rick Allwright, the Executive Director of the Yarmouth and Area Chamber of Commerce, and he's here to chat about the upcoming holiday season here in Yarmouth. Thanks for joining me, Rick. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. So how are you feeling heading into the holiday season? Uh, optimistic. It's uh, certainly you know a time that everyone kind of looks forward to and Retail, retailers and businesses look forward to to hopefully close out a good good uh, good year overall. So, um, but overall optimistic and hopeful for that everyone has a great season. So before we get into that, let's look a little bit at how the fall went. Uh, how did the fall season go for our local businesses? Um, I think it's been so far fairly good. It's been it's been fairly strong, um, and uh, really just looking forward to the next seasons and and how the next year comes. But, um, yeah, it's been, and really all the spring and summer have been uh, fairly strong too. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there, of course. You know, the ferry coming back was, was, a, was a big thing for the area. Yeah, absolutely. So there's yeah. a few, yeah, so there's a few events coming up between now and Christmas. Uh, tell us a little bit about them. Yeah, so one of the big ones we're working on uh, was called the Evergreen Festival. Uh, so we're working with a bunch of other events and whatnot to uh, pull this together and, and create a larger festival and, and, and market it to um, the province at large um, with the help of, of uh, Yarmouth and Canadian Shores Tourism. So um, we have a bunch of different events happening throughout 
the month of December, actually starting in uh, at the end of November here. So, um, and then we run right through to uh, Christmas Eve. Um, but yeah, there's basically something happening every almost every day throughout the the event. Anything uh, from uh, music at different locations, uh, tree lighting, uh, Merry Madness event, shopping events, uh, free skates, all sorts of things happening uh, throughout the, the whole week or whole month. Yeah, so you guys are partnering with the the downtown group who's putting on Merry Madness. Is there anything you can tell us about Merry Madness? Yeah, so it's just a, it's a, a two-day shopping event. So uh, you buy a ticket, you get some you get some swag and stuff to go with it, and then uh, up deals through from all the participating merchants. Um, and it's a, it's a great a great opportunity for uh, to get, kind of get the shopping season started, the Christmas season started. Um, it definitely was coinciding with the tree lighting downtown and all that sort of stuff too. So uh, definitely be uh, ready for that. Get, you can go online and get your tickets now for for that, and you'll be able to trade those in uh, starting on November 25th and go from there. Yeah, so our, what I'm hearing is kind of like our two big events are going to be Merry Madness and the Evergreen Festival. So tell us a little bit about how long those are going to be running for. So Merry Madness is just a two-day event, November 25th and 26th. And then the Evergreen Festival runs from November 25th right to November 24th. Um, and then there's a bunch of little events that all happen within the Evergreen Festival. So, um, and then we're also promoting the the curling event that's happening uh, as part of the Evergreen Festival. So uh, that's a huge event for the area. And then uh, throughout throughout that month we have uh, various things. So uh, one of the bigger events that we're we're pushing is uh, the Santa Shuffle, which is a, a walkathon run slash fun run down. Uh, Main Street, and it's a, just a it'll be a great opportunity for to get kids out and active in that holiday season, burn off some of that Christmas energy, um, and then uh, we're doing some trivia's trivia events. Uh, we have an adult gingerbread making contest. Um, we have a kids coloring contest that's going out to all the schools. Um, there's a Christmas craft show happening that first weekend as well. There's all sorts of things happening that uh, you can definitely take part in, and it's definitely worth uh, getting out there and, and checking out the calendar and, and seeing everything that's happening. Absolutely. And tell us more about that curling event that's coming up. Yeah, so it's the Ever Senior Curling Championships. Uh, they start on December 4th and run till December 10th, um, happening at the Mariner Center and the Armouth Curling Club. Uh, we have 28 teams coming in from across Canada um, and to compete for for, for the championships. So um, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot a lot of a lot of names coming too that you might recognize from uh, past Briars and and Scotty's championships. So um, it's definitely something to get out and support. Um, it's going to be a great 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 event for our region. And for the Evergreen Festival, I saw it's going to be, it usually takes place in Halifax, uh, but how did that end up coming down here? Is it the same organizers, or is this sort of like our own version of it? So it's kind of like our own version of it. Uh, we're working with Develop Nova Scotia at the same time, who's created this event in Halifax. Um, so we're using their branding and, and whatnot to, to kind of extend it to a provincial-wide event. It's been one of the goals for Develop Nova Scotia is to expand this event across the province so um 
we're one of the three other areas kind of taking this on for this year. And then uh, it's going to be – so they, they, they've done this on Halifax Waterfront for the past two years, I believe it is. So um, – We've we're, we're been working with them to expand that event out. We wanted to do it last year, just didn't come together. But uh, and then uh, we will uh, hopefully be able to grow this uh, event as it goes along. Yeah, and uh, kind of getting into you know the business side of things for this season. Uh, how are our local businesses feeling heading into the holiday season? Uh, Good, but also a little apprehensive. You know, there's a little worry around, you know, how, how the lobster season is going to start and how that's going to be. It does affect um, uh, everything. Uh, it's a huge part of our economy, so um, we want to make sure that that goes well. And But it, it, it certainly has it has an effect on, on every part of our economy and, and every and every business in the region. So, um so there's a little, there, you know, a little worry there with prices and whatnot. So uh, how that might turn out. So we definitely, um, you know, as much as we're hoping for a great season and good, there's, uh, there's, you know, cautious optimism. I guess is the best way to kind of put it. And part of why we're doing part of these events is to help draw other people uh, into the area and and uh, bring money from from other uh, other parts of the province and uh, the country. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's always a lot hinging on lobster season, but it is important, you know, kind of diversify things a little bit, have money coming in in other ways. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And it's, it's one of the biggest things is making sure that the economy is diversified as possible. But, uh, you know, obviously we, that lobster, that fishing industry isn't going anywhere and uh, it needs to be as strong, it needs to be as strong as we possibly can, can keep it. So um, to make sure we have a, we have a strong economy overall. No, absolutely, for sure. Uh, and one thing that has marked this year is, you know, the cost of living crisis. There's a lot of people who are struggling. Uh, do you have any tips on, you know, how to save on shopping this holiday season? Um, really, uh, you know, it's it's get out and support local. And, you know, there's all these cra- little craft fairs and whatnot that are happening. Um, you know, these these small vendors, you know, that keeps your money local. And um, it's not it's not it's not it's not more expensive to do this, it, it, and it creates creates more wealth within the in the community. Um, so definitely get out and support these these vendors and uh, the the shops that throughout town um, is definitely um, a way to support this area. And um, it's 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 not more expensive to shop local. So definitely get out there and do that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a crisis for everyone, and you know we're trying to. Uh, through some of these events, we're going to do a little bit of fundraising for different organizations and uh, to try and help offset some of those those uh, those effects of of inflation and and rising costs. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you all, you guys recently uh, released something that helps us support local, uh, the Southwest Nova gift card. So tell yep. us a little bit more about that and uh, why you wanted to start that program. Yeah, so we kind of started up. Um, I guess last winter um, is when we released it. So it's a, it's a, it's a basically a Visa gift card. Um, it works. It works at basically any merchant that signed up to to accept it. Um, so you can buy those gift cards from the Chamber of Commerce. You can go online to buy them, or drop into our office. And basically, 
you can use them at any any store that will accept them. There's a list online of who of who does it, or you can look for the the stickers in in the windows of the participating businesses too. Um, and it's so it's a great way to it's a great gift to give out for for anyone that you know, wants to support local. Um, we're encouraging you know larger businesses and to to use the use this as a way to to um, uh, bonus their employees or gift for, gifts for their employees. You know, give them a little bit of this so that they can go out and support local through through these cards. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a great local card. Uh, it's, it's super easy to use. So um, definitely pick if uh, if you want to support local, definitely pick those up and uh, make a great gift or or use it yourself. For sure. And uh, you touched on it a little bit there, but there's still a chance for businesses to get involved with the Southwest Nova gift card. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. We're always we're always, always accepting more businesses uh, into the program. Um, it's super easy to sign up and uh, just a quick form and uh, swipe to do, and and then basically you're into this, into the program. Um, and so yeah, we're still accepting uh, merchants into the, into it, uh, and it's easy as calling down to the office, and we'll uh, we'll get you hooked up. That's all great. There's a lot going on. A lot of ha- lots happening for the holiday season. Do you have a final message to get people out and get them involved this holiday season? Yeah, it's uh, really it's you know the, these are your local these are your neighbors. Get down there, support, get out, support them, um, get involved in your community, and uh, and have a great season. It's going to be uh, we're we're trying to make sure everyone uh, can be a part of this in some way or another, and uh, it's going to be. Town's going to look great, and we're uh, we're hoping to see as many people downtown and throughout town uh, shopping and, and supporting local as possible. Well, Rick, thanks so much for joining us and for chatting about the holiday shopping season. It's it's going to be busy, and I think there's a lot to look forward to. Yes, for sure. Thank you. That was the executive director of the Yarmouth and Area Chamber of Commerce, Rick Allwright. The weekender returns in a moment on Y95.